Let's see here. Oh, you can see me? Yep, there we got you. Mike welcome back to Menace of the Men. It's good to be on here. Let me get my Bluetooth set up here. Hold on. That way, that way you can hear me better. Um, hold on. And... Can you hear me? I can hear you. I cannot see you. Oh, here we go. Now For we some got them. reason I can't. Oh, there we go. I'm just getting my headphones on so you can hear me better. There we go. How's that? Uh, there we go. We got you. Oh, dang. My headphones still aren't working, so we'll just pass on these and if you can hear me fine. Yeah, we hear you fine. No echo or nothing. You're good to go. Cool. What are you by yourself, huh? Yeah. What, what are you, living in a log cabin? Yeah. Yeah, this is my house. Really? You live in a log cabin? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's pretty it's sweet. life, man. Life right now, so lockdown hasn't been too bad just because I got space, you know what I mean? I got five acres out here, and I'm not stacked on top of sick people, and that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's why Menace is MIA right now, because we're stacked on top of sick people. Yeah, that sucks. Luckily, no coronavirus, but uh, a lot of wind here lately, so they've been blowing down electrical lines, so he's out there fixing people's power. Damn. Yeah. He's a man of the people. Yeah, giving back. It's nice, though, because he's kind of a dick so, most of the time, so now he's out fixing people's power. <laughs> so what do we catch you in the middle of? Uh, right now, um... Shit, we just uh, we just ran some errands, and uh, now I'm I'm tearing down my old pool fence. Gonna get ready to open the pool out here, and uh, you know I'm just really just kind of catching up on a lot of like housework stuff. Like I live on five acres, and my house was a repo house, so there's just like there's an endless amount of work to be done. And you know, for me, like in between fights, I don't really do a good job of like just hanging out and getting stuff done. I just kind of stay in the gym, so. I'm really just kind of taking advantage of the time. I got like three. If if projected, May 4th is supposed to be when this ends. So um, I have three weeks to get a bunch of shit done. So so they're saying May 4th in Seattle. In Spokane. In Spokane, Spokane. Spokane, yeah. 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 All yeah. right. Yeah, we were just talking to Megan Anderson, and she said Kansas City is extending their thing to May 15th. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if it's because they're closer to the East Coast. I mean, Washington, we got hit hard. If we were like the first epicenter. We were the first like hotbed for this stuff. And our numbers have been really low. But then we had an incident like today where uh, there was like 20 cases, 19 cases confirmed in like a nursing home in Spokane. And we're a small city. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, the thing that sucks is honestly, I mean, even if it doesn't sound like they're just going to open the floodgates and let everything go back to normal. It sounds like it's going to be like a progressive thing. And it's like, I don't really see them opening the gyms, you know what I mean? And that's where, like, the biggest challenge arises for me is, like, I don't know, like, I want it. Like, I hearing about, you know, the Fight Island and they're going to have fights in Vegas and stuff, it's got my wheels turning again. And it sucks because I see a lot of the guys that I want to fight. Um, a lot of them are still training. A lot of them have gyms and a few training partners. And, and, you know, I don't really have access to a lot of that stuff. So it's like I'm not in a position where – I can jump in there, you know what I mean? And I don't want to let some of these matchups slide through my fingers, but you know, on the other side of things, I can't like, I'm not just going to take a fight and not adequately prepare. Like I have for the last three fights, you know what I mean? I think something we spoke about with Alex Volkanovsky a couple episodes ago, I feel like it's going to become your, your home workout versus someone else's home workout. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and that's fine. But it's like for, for some other people, uh, you know, they, they still have like, you know, we're, I'm, I'm from a small team. We're a very small team, small gyms, um, you know, and it works. I mean, I, I, I believe I can win a world championship from Spokane with my teammates and the coaches that I have here. I'm not, there is no, um, I should say like d deficiency in terms of like coaching and my preparation has been great. But right now in this type of situation, I don't have, like you see the guys in Florida, it's like, 
you know, you got Kamaru Usman and Ong Song Lang and Gilbert Burns training together and they got hoofed coming over and holding pad. You know, they can make it work. You know what I mean? Whereas for me, I'm not in that type of situation. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm going to start getting the ball rolling. I'm ordering some equipment for the house and stuff and getting some, some, maybe, maybe if it comes down to having to do these home training guys, you know, his home camp versus my home camp and we fight, you know, I, I got to start preparing in case that's the situation. So I, I'm ordering some equipment and get some, I might import a Brazilian. I think I'm just going to import a black belt and just well, have him just live with me. That's what Cejudo did. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we had Eric Albaracin on the show recently, and what they did is they set up like a little quarantine camp at Henry's house. Yeah. It's like one Brazilian that they brought in to mimic Jose Aldo. It's like yeah. the one other guy they have working with them, uh, like Jose Tora, and then Gilbert, uh, not Gilbert, uh, Eric Albaracin's coaching, and Henry, yeah. and that's what they got, a little yeah. quarantine camp. That's Yeah, what... see, for me, for me I, have, I have Rick Little, who's my head coach. You know, I still have access to him. Um, and you know, I, I, I've gotten a few, me and, me and Sam Cecilia, he's been my teammate for, you know, 12 years. Um, you know, him and I've been able to get a couple little stand up practices in, but we were, we were training him, but just him and I, when it was like, everything was very fresh. So there was no rolling or nothing. It was just kind of like stand up stuff. Um, but you know, it's like, he's, you know, he's like, he's like the menace, you know, he's got a job too. He's running equipment and stuff. So. You know, I'm. You know, there's not a lot of full time guys around here. Is Sam Cecilia you know. still fighting? Yeah, he's still fighting. Yep, yep. He's just. I mean, just right now, it's it's a matter of when. You know what I mean? It's just we're all just kind of waiting in the fringes. You know, it's a really interesting time to be alive, man. It's this is crazy. This is one for the history books. You know what I mean? This oh is, yeah. Uh, this is something else. Real crazy times, and then like I can't, for fight. I can't imagine what it's like where you guys live. Uh, Long Island's a little different than the city, but it's still fucked up out here. The crazy thing yeah. about here is, like, literally, like, you ever see what's that movie? Um, I Am Legend. They yeah. Could, they could literally blow up the bridges right now, and we are stuck here. Yeah, that sucks. Like, unless you have a it's... boat, you're stuck here. Yeah, that's true. So we're in that type of situation here. But, yeah, it's pretty bad. We have the highest numbers, so we're... In... We're probably not opening up in May. I think we're going to be pushed off till June. Yeah. Which sucks and is crazy, yeah. but I've seen a lot of guys here. They're doing like the home thing, the backyard workout, the training in their garage, having a few people come over and do stuff. But yeah, the gyms are the gyms aren't opening here anytime soon. Yeah, you know, and that's you know, you got to Here's the the difference for for me and a lot of guys is in for my position and in which I have a similar position to a lot of people, but, you know, I don't have a family to feed. I don't have kids. I don't have, you know, I, I have two dogs, a fiance, you know, my house payment is 1600 bucks a month. You know, I'm not having to shovel out, you know, four or five grand a month for my house payment. You know, I, I'm living, I'm fine, you know? Um, so I feel for the guys out there that have, you know, mouths to feed and, and a family to support and, and, you know, having to, make do with what they got. You know what I mean? And, and um, I'm not ruling out that that that's the route I'm going to have to go, but I mean, financially I'm fine. It's just, like I said, there's matchups out there. I don't want them to slip through my fingers, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very comfortable with waiting until this thing really dies down and having to train 12 weeks for a fight. If that doesn't mean I don't fight till October, then you know, it is what it is. July was what I was aiming for, but we're getting to that point now where, beginning of may is eight weeks out and i haven't grappled in over a month and that's weird that's the longest ever since i have been like 12 years old 11 years old since i started wrestling this is the longest i've gone 20 in 20 years this is the longest i've gone without some type of wrestling or grappling or anything if it, it's like i'm not just gonna jump right in there i'm trying to win a world championship they're not there is no forgiveness if it's like Oh yeah, you lost that fight, but it was like quarantine, and you know you couldn't train. It's okay. You can keep your ranking. We'll just kind of brush under the rug. It's like no, if you lose, it doesn't fucking matter. You know what I mean? I don't want to risk my position by inadequately training like I have these last three fights. It's kind of weird. And now, what do you have set up? You have like any mats at your house, anything like that, or nothing yet? Well, I have so Zebra Mats, one of my sponsors. Shout out to Zebra Mats. Um, I have a ten by ten in my garage. Um, I don't keep it rolled out because, like I said, my garage, I live in the woods. I got lots of, you know, I share my garage with my lawnmowers and my equipment for to for my property and stuff. Um, but right now I'm in the process of, so I have a 10 by 10 mat. I have a heavy bag. I got some kettlebells. I got some steel clubs. 
some bow ropes and things like that. I just ordered a, a rack from Sornex um, and a bar, a couple bars, a trap bar. Uh, I shorted air bike. Um, so now it's like, so by the end of the month, I should have some stuff at the house. You know what I mean? To where I can start at least uh, I've been able to lift weights in one of my home gyms, but it's like 45 minutes away. Still missing a lot of things, but it's been nice to at least get a little pump in. You can tell I'm still huge. You know what I'm saying? You see these bad boys, Mike one, Mike two, Mike three. <laughs> uh, but uh, um, I'm just ready to start gearing up. And just if I have to get it done here, I got to start training here. But now it's just a matter of partners. I need partners. I have I have good bodies I train with, you know, but I need I need like I need a stud. I need some studs. I need to get pushed. I need, you know, my head coach for jiu-jitsu, James Weed, you know, he's a high-level black belt. I need him. I need those good, hard grappling sessions. I, if I can just – if I have strength conditioning, if I had somebody to drill combinations with and just somebody to roll with, I could take a fight. I don't, I'm to the point in my career now where – I mean, my last camp, I only sparred twice because I broke my nose. So it's like I learned that, you know, I, I, at the end of the day, I know how to fight. There's just – these three areas, if I could cover those bases – I, you know, I could, I could, I could compete with anybody in the world. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say to you. Something I've heard Dennis say, and I've heard Ryan the Flair say a lot. You know how to fight, so all you really got to do is get in the best shape possible. Granted, yeah, you want to spar, you want the live rounds, but worst case scenario, say you have a broken nose or something, you just got to, yeah, you just got to show up in the best shape possible. Your timing yeah. won't be perfect, but. That's what this quarantine and this whole coronavirus thing might turn this world into for the time being is old school. Like you guys are way better than the guys who fought in UFC one, two, three, and four, but you're going to be training like those guys did. <laughs> That's Kar- true. Karate in the garage, that, you know, That's karate in the garage and the 10 by 10 mats not big enough for me. I can do fine. Like sparring's key. You know what I mean? It for it, at this point, it's like, just like, Lef- like Ryan said, and these other guys, it's like, you get to a point in your career where you just know how to fight. You know, it's all about game planning, refining skills, analyzing your opponent and things like that. The number one live training I need for the for the best push is I need live grappling from the feet. If I could if I can grapple from the feet, you know, with takedowns, with scrambles, with submissions, that's when I can get in the best shape possible. You know what I mean? Because I mean that's my game. I mean, I'm not it doesn't matter if I'm fighting Burns, Wonderboy, Colby, Usman, whoever. I'm sticking to my wheelhouse. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's the number one thing I need where it's like, you know, maybe a guy like wonder boy, he's more of a standup guy. He probably needs more of a standup stuff. That's his wheelhouse. Like for me, I need a, just a, one or two good bodies. I could wrestle and grapple really hard with from the feet and I could get in shape for a fight. You know what I mean? And it's, it's Chael Sonnen said the, said the best. And this was the, the interview he did after he fought Nate Marquardt. And he says he puts the F in UFC fighting. He's really good at training how to fight. He doesn't do the cute stuff. It's all about fighting. And that's kind of like how it is out here. You know what I mean? It's, I think it's a Northwest type theme. If I just had a couple guys I could fight with, I could get through a camp. You know what I mean? But right now, it's just it's kind of a pipe dream because I don't have any bodies. So it's like for now, I just got to build up the – I already call my house the Kiesa Dojo. So now I just need to build a Kiesa Dojo at my house and, and see okay. what happens. So now yeah, I, yeah. something Dana has said is Dana said maybe he would set up a training camp, if you will, for guys, fly them out weeks before the fight and allow them an opportunity to train on the island. Is that something? Is that what he said? That's something he said, yeah. You know, it, that's, you know, yeah, that, that's something good. But, I mean, that, yeah, I got a, that's, there's a lot of planning that goes into that. If he picked up the phone right now and called me and said, hey, here's your fight in, in six to eight weeks, I'd say that – that's to- that's out of the question. I don't know where, what page my coaches are on. They have wives, they have kids, they have lives. You know, I don't know their stance on the quarantine and what they believe and what they don't believe and what they're willing to do and what they're not willing to do. There's a lot that goes into this. That's why it's like for me, it's like you know what? As long as my mind, it's like I'm still, my focus is still on training. I'm I'm watching more film than I have. I'm still being as active as I possibly can. Um, I'm oddly, I'm skateboarding a lot again. I've noticed, I've noticed. (laughs) Yeah. And you know what? People can say what they want about it, but you want to get a good fucking workout, go skateboard for a couple hours. You know what I mean? But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not in bad shape. I I got out of the snack phase, dude. With the first two weeks of lockdown, I was such a fat piece of shit. I mean, I was fucking, 
we're talking t- copious amounts of marijuana and fucking like two boxes of cereal at night type shit. And, uh, I'm over that phase. So my weight's not as bad as you would think it is. I was talking to Felder and we were swapping numbers and it was bad. Why Felder's bad right now? No, I'm not. I would, it's not my position to say what Paul Felder's weight is. He knows what it is. <laughs> That's my guy though. Dr. Paul, I, I hit him up cause I, if there's one thing I have in relation with Paul Felder is him and I are both genuine fat kids and we like the same stuff. So like, you know, whenever I'm like, if he's getting ready for a cut or something, or he's in a camp or I'm in a camp, vice versa, we're always like saying stuff to each other. I'll post a picture and he'll be like, you're looking big. What's your weight? I'm like, Oh, you know, it's 208. <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> so Bro, well, I'm, I'm not going to say his number. I'll let you ask Paul Felder what his weight is. I'll ask him. But uh, one of my favorite things with Paul Felder is you see the things that Bilal Muhammad does. Yeah. <laughs> where he does like, what's up? It's your boy, Paul at Paul. Yeah, below Muhammad's fucking hilarious. That guy, the Tony Ferguson workout video might be the best one he's ever done. I asked him today, so I obviously put out a few feelers to see who wanted to co-host. But I guess I just waited till the last minute too much, and then um, yeah. I asked Bilal, I'm like, "Yo, you want to come on? And I want you to do your Tony impersonation, do your Paul Felder impersonation, and then you could be a little bit of Bilal Muhammad." But he was like, "Oh, I got to, <laughs> I got to train right now, so I don't know." But so yeah, people are still training. Yeah, they're, they are, you know what I mean? And it's just, um, I, I can't be selfish, you know what I mean? The, in the, maybe the places that people are training, it's a little more lenient out there. Um, see, he's in Chicago right now, I'm assuming, yeah. Coach Mike's. Yeah, I think they're still training out there and stuff. But, you know, I have a fiancé, and I have to respect, you know, she's, she's we're both fairly spooked about him. I mean, my uncle in Italy, granted this was in Italy, my uncle passed away from coronavirus. He was very old, but may he rest in peace. Uh, my uncle Nani um, and his wife passed away as well from coronavirus three days later. I'm sorry to um, hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it's kind of hit me on the home front. And so it's like I have a good relationship with Coach Mike where Bilal trains. Um, I'm just I, I just don't want to force anything right now. It's just a, it's a really weird time. It's like I, I, I got to respect my fiance. I got to, you know, I, I had this stuff kind of hit me on the home front with family, you know, I just want to see some good. I just want to see some good progress. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I, you know, I'm I'm pretty sure I've been exposed to it already. I mean, my teammate Sam was sick as fuck during my fight week for the Hoffa fight, and he, dude, he had to have had it. There's no fucking way he had every single symptom like to a T. And this was in Raleigh, North Carolina, which was crazy. And what? How long ago was that? That was January. So right when this was all kind of starting to come into fruition. Like we, I got to Raleigh with my coach, Rick Little, and uh, we got there and they had, had reported their first case of coronavirus in Raleigh, North Carolina. And then Sam got there like two days later and we went to, this was, uh, let me think here. This was Friday. Yeah, Friday, we went to a wrestling match at NC State and I could look over, I was looking over him at the dual meet and I'm like, I kept trying to say something to him because there was a few seats away from each other. And he was just like a total space cadet. And after the match gets over, he's like, man, I just don't feel right. Something's just coming out of left field. I'm feeling like I'm getting sick. So him and Austin go and train that night. And this is after weigh-ins are over. This is Friday. Him and Austin go and train. Um, and afterwards, he's like, I need to go rest. I feel like shit. So the next day uh, – Saturday, the day of the fight, I get up to go do my shakeout, and Austin, he's sharing a room with Sam. He's like, dude, Sam is up in the room. He has like a fucking, he's burning up. He's got a huge fever. He's like sweating. He's got this nasty cough, dry as fuck. Like, just like every single bad symptom a human being could have. He had it the day of my fight. So, this was like the first time in my career, aside from him not being in my corner, I didn't grab, like, I didn't warm up with him. I didn't shake out with him. He literally, like, we got to the arena, and he just kind of sat in the corner of the locker room, like, away from everybody, tucked in a corner, just like, stay away from me. Like, he was super sick. Yeah, I feel like that's going to be a lot of people's stories. Once they come out with this antibody test and they start really figuring it out, people had it or they have been in contact with it and it didn't affect them or they healed from it, you know. But obviously there's those other people that it didn't work out for and they – either succumb to it or they're really badly sick or yeah 
you know, and at the end of the day, like people can say what they want about it. It is a real thing. It's just different for us because, you know, there has been young people that have been affected. They have passed away from it. But for the most part, most of the people that think it's bullshit are the people that are only thinking about themselves. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this isn't about us. This is about more about the elderly, about the people that have the autoimmune disorders, the people that have diabetes that are easily susceptible to it. It's not about us healthy people, okay? It's easy for a healthy person to say, well, this is bullshit. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, you're healthy. You're great. You're young. Of course you're fine, and it seems like bullshit. But that that's not the case when you're – I mean, my mom, my mom's only 60, and she's petrified. You know what I mean? She, I haven't, I haven't, this is the longest, I wouldn't, I wouldn't drop my mom off an Easter present and I, we didn't even hug each other. I like put on her porch and went on the sidewalk and was just like, yo, hey, just want to say hi and I love you. You know, it's like, it's not about us. It's about the people that, you know, can be more susceptible to it. Yeah. And then like you said, it's almost crazy too, because there's so much unknown with it. You don't know who's susceptible to it too. You know, the people, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, you know, the people that have underlying conditions are susceptible, but then there's other people that don't have any problems that wind up being susceptible to it. So it's a very scary uh, situation right now, but I hear yeah. you on, everyone has a different take. And I think, uh, because you, you're in a more affected area. I remember yeah. right at the beginning, the, um, the nursing homes and retirement homes was having bad spikes in Washington. So yeah, it got crazy, man. It was a, a lot of them have come from the nursing homes and who visits the nursing homes, you know, the families, what about the nurses and the staff and this and that. And it's just a real thing, man. You know, just because it's not fucking making people drop dead and bleed out of their eye sockets doesn't mean it's not a real thing. I think everyone thinks it, it's just the flu. It's like, okay, you get the flu and go lay it up in your bed. Go lay in your bed for 10 days with 104 fever and a dry cough. And tell me it's just a flu. You know what I well, mean? Yeah, like it's easy it is, to say it's easy to say it's just a flu when you're not the one getting sick. You know what I, I think mean? it's not just the it's pneumonia with flu symptoms, yeah. which is really fucking yeah. scary because pneumonia's a <laughs> pneumonia kills people. Yeah, that's like I don't even know. That's like getting syphilis and gonorrhea. Yeah. It's like getting syphilis with gonorrhea symptoms or some shit. <laughs> it's yeah, it's like, a, <laughs> it's like a storm combining two things. So it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it was the worst things ever. But um, I don't know why I don't know why I brought STDs up, but yeah, yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, your brain went there, but it's all good. <laughs> but even um, so they might do some fights. Usman versus Masvidal. It seems like they're gonna do championship fight in your division. Who do you got in that one? Um, you know, it depends on what Kamaru does. It could be I'm a Masvidal guy, 100. That was my first pro loss. Actually, was was Masvidal. So I got a ton of respect for the guy. Um. I consider him to be a friend. Um, if Usman tries to fight Masvidal the way he fought Colby, it's going to not be a good night for him. Masvidal's timing is great. His stand-up is good. Even if you drop him, the dude is game as fuck. I mean, he lives up to the moniker of the name Gamebred. So, but if he reverts to wrestling, it could be a tough night for, for Jorge. I mean, his, his, Jorge's got good ground skills. He caught me in a submission. I think that's a good feather in his cap. Um so who knows? You know what I mean? I, I, I feel like I feel like Jorge has more ways to win, but the one best thing that Usman has is the one thing that has given Jorge trouble in the past. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, the only way you're beating Masvidal, especially right now, this like refined Masvidal, is to grind him out. And- exactly. In like if he, like when Maya beat him, which was barely barely beat him by a split decision, you know, and he was able to get takedowns and stuff. But that wasn't the Jorge that we're seeing now. The Jorge I- we're seeing now is a guy that's. You know, this is a 16-year veteran who's 34 years old, and a lot of people look at that as a bad thing. No, that's a great thing. If you can get into your mid-30s and still be fresh and still have fight, that's a dangerous man. You know what I mean? That's The the more of a veteran you are, the better you, you fight. You know what I mean? It just depends on how much damage you've taken getting up to that veteran point. He doesn't take a lot of damage. So he's a dangerous man right now. Um, and I'd love nothing more to say that, you know, I, you know, I, He's a world champ. It's good. I got a lot of respect for the guy. He's had a, a wild journey through the sport, and I think it'd be cool to see him with the. He's already got the one belt around his waist, but let's see him with the real UFC championship. And even um, him versus Maya. If that fight had gone five rounds, he would have probably stopped oh, Maya. Yeah, Maya was going to yeah. be in trouble in that fight. He was barbecued for sure. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a huge Masvidal fan as well. But I also big Usman fan, so it's a tough one. Even I know Menace has a very good relationship with Usman. It's a tough fight for us to choose, but yeah, it is. I gotta always go with 
Masvidal. I can't like. Did I, they say something about it today? I've been kind of away from social media for the day. Um, I haven't seen anything, but I've been just organizing what I was doing today, the show wise. But um, they were talking about doing it on the Fight Island, which apparently is a real thing. Dana's saying it's a real thing. Dude, this is a crazy Fight Island. It's fucking wild. You should try to get Dana White on the show. Is what you should do, bro. Just we try and get. We almost had him on once, and TJ. It was right after TJ popped. So oh, this was like a year ago. So now cheating fuck screwed the whole thing up. Like he Damn was, it. he was like, Dennis texted him like, Dan, are you good for a half hour? He was like, yep. And then when the half hour came, Dennis hit him up. He didn't answer. I then saw the thing pop up. I'm like, TJ Dillashaw just popped for steroids or e- yeah, EPO. So and, yeah. then, and then Dana texted the worst forms. And then Dana texted him like, sorry, my phone started blowing up. I got a little tied up. Obviously, you know what's going on. And then she yeah. was like, yeah. And now we've played phone tag with him for a year. <laughs> but then, This would be a good time to get him on. I mean, I feel like he's doing – he's a busy man. But, I mean, you guys ask little questions outside of the box. I think maybe there's some things you could, you know. Yeah, no, that's out. everyone. Like even we just had Megan Anderson. I, I think she loved what we were asking her or at least what I was asking her. And even when Menace is here, yeah, we're way outside of the norm. Like yeah. Masvidal is someone we've been trying to get on too. And I see him doing all these other interviews. They ask him the same questions over and yeah. over. So, yeah. So he does the same interview 20 times. Yeah, that sucks. Where we want to talk about a little bit different stuff, video games and a little bit, you know, we our questions are a little different. So. Yeah, I saw you guys were talking about pulling out the other night. That was a good one. Well, that's Menace always with his jokes. Yeah, we were, um, Ashley Evan Smith was talking about pulling out of a fight. And, oh. then, and then Menace was like, yeah, Stanley likes to do that, too. And I was like, I'd like to do what? Pull out? So. <laughs> and no, no kids yet, either. So, yeah, I got a strong pull out. Yeah. I've always. Yeah, me, too. No kids. No, I'm surprised, too. I'm surprised I don't got some little rug rat running around somewhere. But whatever. Catch blessings. Again. Yeah. <laughs> As a man, that's something I've always prided, prided myself on is a strong pull out. Yeah. yeah. It's good timing. Good timing. And no one to pull. A little pull and pray. And that's a thing too, like um, funny th- funny way to put it. So you know, like a girl, she's trying to trap you. She'll close her guard. Yeah, I- I've always had good guard passing skills. So the second See? there the, you go, the second she tries, I just frame her hips and fucking pull back. I put the one knee in the middle. <laughs> you're so. not. You're a lot nicer. I just go fucking can opener, dude. <laughs> right behind the head, go can opener fast. <laughs> but then you got yeah, then you got to pull out. So then you got to get your your shit yeah. out there, you know. Yeah, that's a, that could be a wiry situation. Yeah, so I've seen you and Gilbert, another good friend of the show. Yeah, you, you can't not like Gilbert Burns. I love the guy; he's fucking awesome. He's amazing. It's, it's it, it, the thing is, and with him and I, it's just been like you, styles make fights. You know what I mean? You look at how the UFC matches fights up, and this is a fight that um, I just feel like it, it's just going to happen at some point. And I just would it, now. I think you know now or any time in the next year is going to be the best time for it because we're finally both at the top. And I've always looked at Gilbert as one of the most complete guys in the in my division. You know what I mean? The guy knockout power, world champion black belt. Uh, he can wrestle. He's a complete package. You know what I mean? I think the guy's fucking amazing skill wise and as a person. He's just I've always had great interactions with him. He's super funny and he's tough as shit. Um, that's a tough test for me, but I, I welcome it with open arms. I'm to the point in my career where it's like, I don't want to fight. I am out of the shit talking game. I don't like talking trash. I'm not into that. You know what I mean? Um, I'd rather just fight guys. I have a lot of respect for, you know what I mean? Because it, it, you, when you fight the guys at the top, the ones you have a lot of respect for, then it doesn't sting as much if you lose. And I don't think that I will lose, but worst case scenario, it's like, like losing to Kevin Lee fucking sucked ass. Like that guy sucks. As a person, he's awful. You know what I mean? Where it's like, you know, losing to a guy like Gilbert, it's like, ah, fuck. Yeah. At least it's a good guy. You know what I mean? At least I like him. You know what I mean? Like, whatever. You know, live and learn. You lose to a guy like Gilbert, I'll end up down there training with him. You know what I mean? So, whatever. Uh, but I think I can win that fight. And at this point in my career, I feel like I can beat anybody in the world. I've always had the thought in my head. I've always thought that I could do it. But now I have the belief, you know, getting through that last fight. Um, just with the a tough camp, tough opponent, tough matchup. Um, I, I now, I'm, now I've always thought it, but now I believe I can beat anybody. You know what I mean? So that's not any type of disrespect 
that's just the self-belief that I have in myself now. So oh, yeah. I think Gilbert's a good guy. And I think him and I, I think him and I would be an awesome fight. I think we'd be a great main event. I think five rounds, I think a, a three round fight would be a disservice to the fans. I think him and I want to do it for five rounds and lay it all out there. And, and I think that when you have, when you take two guys and I'm not just saying this about me and him, but when you take two fighters that are both highly skilled and have like, I, I wouldn't say, I wouldn't say Gilbert and I are friends, you know what I mean? But we're not like, it's like I'm living in Florida hanging out with them. You know, we have a a good relationship. You take two highly skilled guys that have a lot of respect for each other and a certain type of friendship. You get crazy fucking fights. You know what I mean? Look at, look at Forrest Griffin and Stefan Bonner. They're kind of like buddies going into it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you, you, the best fights don't happen between the guys that hate each other the most. Sometimes it happens with the guys that are like, you know what we're friends before we're friends gonna be friends after but in between this 15 to 25 minutes i'm gonna fucking beat your ass you know what i mean sometimes those make the best fights you know and i think that that's the type of fight that me and gilbert would give would give the fans is is it's gonna be one of those ones where you know we'll be buddies before we'll be buddies after but we're gonna get after each other and it's it's gonna be fun so we'll see what happens you know whoever it is whether it's him whether it's wonder boy whether it's just anybody that's above me, whoever it is, it'll be fun. Yeah, I saw, I saw. It'd be an amazing fight, and that's what it is. Mutual respect. You guys will r- raise your level up a little bit because you respect the guy so much. Yeah, yeah. Oh, one other thing I saw, I saw someone ask Colby Covington about you because you called Covington out, and he he was pretending like he didn't know who you were. Uh, he knows who he knows who I am. His wrestling coach, Kevin Roberts, is brothers with my high school coach. Colby, we yeah. have talked numerous times in person. Colby, you know who the fuck I am, Colby. Nobody believes you, okay? God. Well, that's even like I was saying. Hey, like- I, 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 here's the thing. I'm <laughs> I'm not going to even attempt to get in a verbal pissing match with the guy because I will get murdered. I've just <laughs> Not that I think he has quality. I don't think any of his stuff really has good quality. That's just not who I am. So I'm not even going to sit here and try and say anything derogatory. I just think it's funny that it's like, Dude, you know who I am. Even when him and I, I had a lot of interactions with him when him and Jorge were still buddies. Like after Jorge beat me, you know, and him and Colby, they were like roommates or whatever, or, or they were just good friends. I would see Jorge after him and I fought, and I'd see him with Colby, and we'd be like, hey, you know, what's up, what's up? You know, we'd be talking, chopping it up, it's whatever. And if, you know what? If maybe he did forget who I am, and I'm just an idiot, so whatever. But I feel like, I don't know, I feel like. Yeah, no, he knows like who you, you are. Yeah, it's fine. I'm not. I just thought it was funny. Uh, maybe maybe it's because he can't come up with a crafty name to roast me. You know what I mean? Like he's got like Marty Fake Snoozeman and Ty Quill or what is it? Ty Quill Woodley. Like, oh my god, cause... the greatest one that he said was about uh, Masvidal. He called him Street Judas because <laughs> they call him Street Jesus. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe Colby just hasn't hasn't thought of a good you know. But even I, I, I thought it was funny because I remember last time we had you on, you were speaking highly yes. of him. You were like, "Oh, I like Kobe. Yeah. Him versus I, I, I respect the shit. I mean, I, as a as an athlete, not you know, Gilbert's a guy that I respect as an athlete and as a human. You know what I mean? Yeah. Colby as an athlete is stellar. I mean, the guy's got a third lung. He's a you know all American wrestler from Oregon State. Um, you know, skill wise, the guy's very tenacious. He's tough. I mean. You can say what you want about the guy, but he fucking fought with a broken jaw. You know what I mean? That says something. That's that that there is. We see a lot of the bad stuff because of what he says and what he puts out in the media. But to me, when somebody does what he did, fighting with a broken jaw, it shows that there is good character underneath that skin. You know what I mean? Because a guy, usually, you would think a person that talks the way he does with his antics, you would think he's got no heart. You know what I mean? And and he showed that fight with Usman. He's got heart. He's got character. He's got a lot of good human being attributes, but they're just very much overshadowed with the shtick that he likes to put out into the public. You know what I yeah, mean? So it's an act. And you know what it is? He saw what Chael did, and then he went. He basically is Chael, but he's harsher. He says more he's not that he's Chael. harsher. It's it's worse. Chael's intelligent. That's the difference. There will never be another Chael Sonnen because Chael said a lot of very harsh things, but he did it in a very intelligent manner. Chael, you know, there was he was there was never swearing involved. There was never anything super derogatory. You know what I mean? Like medium rare might have been the greatest thing I've ever heard in my life. 
Like I'm gonna <sighs> kick Anderson Silva's door in, smack his kick it. Was, was, yeah, I'm gonna kick his back door in. I'm gonna I'm gonna beat him up and I'm gonna smack his wife on the ass. Started making me a steak, medium rare. Like that's funny. That's that's there's there is it's maybe not funny if you're Anderson Silva, which that's very okay. You know what I mean? But for for the rest of us, there's some humor in that. But it's like. Colby hasn't said anything funny. It's just all like very like it's you're just throwing daggers. You know what I mean? Everything's got harsh, sharp edges. You're really trying to like pierce skin here. Whereas Chael's like Chael's not trying to pierce your skin. He's trying to sneak his way under it with these without swearing, without calling you names, without anything. He's just like you know, it's just these. We he's trying to get under your skin. He's not trying to pierce your skin. You know what, there you was, what I'm saying? There, yeah, there was one time though where Chael went like there. He was talking uh, to he was talking to Tito Ortiz at a Bellator press conference. Oh, that was. Oh, that you was, remember? That was the, the and the funny thing is that just shows how Chael is like. There's nothing. Everything was on the fly. Yeah, like that guy. Everything was on the fly. That was that just shows how sharp he was. Because I remember when when Tito was talking before Chael said it. Chael just looked down, started smiling, shaking his head like it came to him in his head. He's like, "Oh no!" And he just like shook his head, looked up, and said it. And it was like, "Dude, you you had that one pop in your head. You could just see on his face. He just looked yeah, down. Like, like oh. he started laughing before he said it. And then uh, <laughs> T- T- Tito was like, "You know, this guy's over here. All he does is just make money with his mouth." And then Chael was like, the only person I've ever seen make money with their mouth is your ex-wife. <laughs> that was, whoo, that was a nasty one. <laughs> that was, yeah. na- but that was, I mean, that's, that's intelligence. That's like, that you can tell it's, it rolls off the tongue. Sometimes Colby gets a little choppy with it. Like I can tell some of these are kind of premeditated. Yeah. So just let yeah. it flow natural. Colby is more cr- like similar to Cejudo. They're very cringy. Where Ch- yeah. Chael has a way with words and it comes out so fucking smooth that it, you just like you, you, you could he could say something messed up and you're like I think I'm siding with Chael on this one. Dude, the funny thing about Henry though is he is so opposite of what he puts out there. You know, like Colby's just kind of quiet. Like once he kicked off the shtick, I I never really talked to him. Once he kind of like started to kind of do his thing. Um, He's just kind of quiet and kind of keeps to himself. Henry's just like so laid back. Like he taught, like I, I, I had interactions with him before, before the triple C bend the knee shit started. And I'm like, I like this guy, you know what I mean? And then, then when the antics started, I hadn't seen him in a while. I'm like, God, what a douchebag. Like Henry's such a douche. And then I see him at the PI, like after he, you know, after he wins the, his second title, he's like, hey, you know, he goes, Hey man, what's up? I'm just like, I forgot. I actually do. I do really like you. You just, I, I got thrown off for a second because in between the two times I'd seen him was when this whole, the storm of Cejudo came bearing in on the MMA world and just rained shittiness on us. And, and like, I forgot that I liked the guy, but he's so laid back, but it's like, he'll be chill. He's kind of lackadaisical. It's like, all right, film something. He's like, bend the knee starts going crazy you know what i mean like you have this on and off switch it's just it's it's funny and i was telling i tell him i say henry cejudo i have a message for you bend the knee to michael c i took his own (laughs) stick from him you see what i did there took it right ripped it right out from underneath him and then he probably sees you say it and it's like man that was so cringy is that what i sound like (laughs) but yeah him. i remember that guy you know, sometimes that's what you got to do in the sport to get ahead. You know what I mean? You winning sometimes is not enough, and that sucks. Menace um, had that too, though. Menace bought into the character, and when we had Henry on the show, he was like, "Oh, I bet you Henry's not going to come on." And I texted Henry. Henry immediately answered and was like, "Yeah, I'm good to go. You guys good?" And then I showed Dennis a text. He was like, "Oh, I'm proven wrong. All right, never mind." Yeah. See, sometimes in that when when some it, when some people have to play that part, you, you forget about who they really are. You know what I yeah. mean? And that's kind of. That's human nature, you know what I mean? Like, in, in Henry's a good guy, you know. I, I'm sure d- deep down, Colby's a good guy. You know, he's just he's just an asshole in the media. You know what I mean? And, and uh, he knows that. He's yeah. it's not like I'm like I'm saying anything derogatory. He, he knows what he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? I've party I've party with Cejudo. Cejudo is one of the coolest guys I've ever met. Like fighter, dude. He's awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. He's a character, and it's he's. It's funny because how laid back he is. You just look at what he's done, and you're like, man, it's just crazy. He's, he's and a then very calm. I got to defend Colby a little bit 
I have a lot of mutual friends with Colby, and they say off camera, like without the shtick, he's the same. One of the nicest guys yeah, in the world. They, totally cool. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. you know, I, same with me. The, any, the times I, in like, granted, I haven't had an interaction with him in a long time. Um, yeah, but he was always great. You know what I mean? That's why I, it almost caught me off guard when this whole thing started. I'm like, whoa. You know, the Brazil, you're a dump. I was like, whoa, Brazil's great. I like Brazil. I wouldn't say it's a dump. Every place in the world, you know, Washington State's my favorite place in the world, but there's places around here that are dumpy. You know what I mean? Every place has a – you can't just call Brazil a dump. Yeah, everyone's got their ghetto, especially after he beat beat Damian Maia. He beat a legend, the national treasure, and then started talking shit about Brazil. Yeah, that's harsh, man. You're really – you're playing with fire there. Yeah, but they all don't make them like Michael Chiesa, so you know how it is. No, no, no. I tried to trash talking, and I lost two fights in a row, so I'll never do it again. <laughs> I'm never going to – I – that was the – that wasn't karma. That was the universe. The universe said, you know, Mike, this is not who you are. You're just kidding. And it's weird that I'm even talking in third person. That's so – I mean – so corny. That's not a what did I say. What did bleep, I see? Bleep that on... one out. Don't use the G word. I'm not don't I don't want to get lambasted for using that. Nah, yeah, you're I'm good. just not gonna talk trash. That's just not who I am. But even one of the funniest things I saw recently, I think it was Brett Akimoto. Yeah. Um you said something. You called him out on something and then he, he... On his neck beard. He's like, Don't you ever talk about my beard? Yeah. Don't you ever talk about my beard? I'm like, Oh, you got me, Brett. Dang it. One zero, Brett. That's I'm getting be... my ass kicked. I'm getting my ass kicked by the media lady. Brett smoked me with that one. And then uh, uh, me and Luke Thomas are having this Topanga Kelly K debacle. Oh, my and God. i seen that, too. Your, your team Topanga? Because, listen, man, it's not all about the looks. It's about the complete package. And even Skeeter ran through that on Saved by the Bell. Like, come on. Like, Topanga is, like, a wholesome, great woman. You could trust her. Like, Kelly – is like whoever the first string quarterback is, you know she's going home with him. Like that's not. Oh, so you're she, going. She, you're going past looks. I'm going. I'm going the complete package. I'm not just going for face value. I'm going oh, for okay. long term investment. I thought the poll and the vote was face value because if it's face value, I think I'm going Kelly Kapowski. But 100, percent if you're going personality, I don't, you watch Say by the Bell. Remember she yeah. left. She left him for the guy at the max. She left yeah. back for the fucking guy that time. Yeah, she sucks. She's awful. Yeah, she wasn't a good person. She's the type of girl who give you the clap and then lie about it. Yep. Jeff. <laughs> she left Zach Morris for Jeff. Fucking Jeff. Poor All right. guy. So, yeah, I'm going to have to side with you actually there. Now, when you if you're going personality and everything, yeah, Topanga was wholesome. Yeah, she's a complete package. She'll make you a sandwich, give you a little neck rub, you know. What was you know, I think that my fiance has shades of Topanga, and I think that that's why I'm marrying her. She's no, she's she's a great woman, right, babe? <laughs> so now, fiance, did you guys have a wedding date yet, or no? Thank God, it's oh. nay. We're, we were planning on next November, not this one, but the one after. Okay, because so. that's what I was gonna say. Is this affecting it at all? But no, it's uh, it's uh, not affecting it at all. You know what? Now that she's in here, I gotta ask, babe. Will you come here for a sec? Does he not look like Chase? Does this not look like I'm talking to Chase? Yeah, it does. <laughs> you look exactly like my buddy Chase Allen. And it's, I don't know if it's the lighting because I've never thought this before. But right when this interview started, I'm like, holy shit, I look, I, like, I look like I'm talking to my buddy Chase right now. I'm like, this, this looks like Chase. That's funny. <laughs> and he's a great guy too. So that's a, that's a compliment. Well, I told you. I remember. I don't know if you remember the last time you were on. I told uh, people used to call me Kiesa. Yeah. I, a, I used to have long like hair. Like you on the Ultimate Fighter back then, you were on the Ultimate yeah. Fighter. I was living in Florida. I had the long hair, and uh, people at American Top Team were calling me Kiesa. They would call me Kiesa and Guida. That's funny. So they'd be like Guida, Kiesa, get back, Kiesa, get back on the mat. Or if I had my hair tied up in a bun, they'd be like Guida, go with him. And I'd be like, oh man, these names are gonna fucking stick. So, <laughs> so then I remember I told you I went up to Tony Ferguson and I was like, yo, you wanna. You want to do some rounds with a bootleg Michael Chiesa, and he was getting ready to—he he was getting ready to fight you. Yeah. So he went like El, re- he went El Kakui and was ready to fuck me up. Yeah, you like you—you woke in the beast. You yeah. woke in the 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 boogeyman, El Kakui. Luckily, I avoided that ass whooping by going to a Bellator in Fresno, so I wasn't there when he wanted the train. But that's perfect. You yeah. lucked out. I don't even. I I would honestly. 
Tony Ferguson is the type of guy I would rather fight him than train with him because training wise, you're probably going to get just as fucked up. So I'd rather fight him and get paid for it. <laughs> I don't know. Menace has trained with him, and Menace said he's probably a gamer. Tony Ferguson more than really? a, more than a practice room guy. I I can relate. I've I've been told by a lot of my teammates I'm the same way. I'm not a good. I everybody in my city has a story about how bad they used to kick my ass. Every fighter that I've ever trained with in Spokane. There's a ton of them that are like, oh, I used to, they, there's guys around here. I'm not going to name names. They own schools and I've had students of theirs leave the, their schools to come to ours and be like, oh, the talking point of sensei, blah, 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 was he used to talk about how much he used to beat your ass. I'm like, yeah, well, your sensei is like got five wins and 10 losses on his record. So definitely now, not a, he's a gym guy. No, I'm not, I'm not a gym guy. Will you like that in wrestling too? I just was, I mean. I really wasn't ever that great at wrestling, honestly. I mean, I on my best day, I made I was like a I was like a second string varsity guy. You know what I mean? So, I just didn't develop as fast. Um, I was kind of like a late bloomer, I guess you could say. I missed a couple seasons in high school because I broke my leg, and then uh, I was just kind of like a late bloomer. You know what I mean? Um, but nonetheless, still love it, and it laid the foundation for where I'm at now, for sure. All right. So, real quick before I get you out of here. Justin Gaethje versus Tony Ferguson. It seems like that fight's going to happen. Well, it seems like it is going to happen, and it's it's a really it's a it's it's an interesting matchup for a few reasons. You got Gaethje's ultra durable. Um, I worry that his the way he shells and covers is going to leave him susceptible to the elbows up the middle. Like Tony does this weird thing where he's like he. Tony doesn't like upward slash with his elbow. He almost like just frames his arm and just like crashes in with it. So it's just like a blunt chop. You know what I mean? And the way Gaethje shells, I could see a big forehead cut or something. Um, but Gaethje's got the leg kicks. And I, I mean, I don't know. It's just it. Tony has this thing where every fight he gets hit really hard in the first round. In his last few fights, maybe yeah. not, maybe not the cowboy fight, but a lot of these fights he's had, where he just gets clocked hard in the first. I mean, and, and Gaethje's a finisher. You know, what I mean, that guy finishes fights. If he gets you hurt, he, like there's no way out, type of thing. So there's a lot of variables. You know what I mean? Um, I think that if you asked me this question and the fight was this weekend, I would be 100% all in for Tony. Um, because he's had the preparation. I mean, you can only, if you're going to fight Habib Nurmagomedov, you better have had the best training camp of your life because that's, you have, that's the hardest fight to train for is Habib. There's no harder, like, that's going to be the hardest camp of your life for what you're going to have to do. So, you know, Tony's going to be well prepared, but I mean, you give Gaethje, if you, you give him another month, which, you know, he basically got another three weeks, another four weeks, it kind of changes the dynamic of the fight. Um, it's hard for me to pick. I'll probably pick whoever's the underdog just for betting purposes. So, Okay, I like that. Now, what about Cruz and Cejudo? Can't count out Dom. I mean, you just can't. Dom's the type of guy. I mean, Henry's more more than likely Henry's going to win, but you can't count out, count out Dom. He was Dom. He was a dominant champion for a long time. Yeah, injuries have plagued him. But just like I was saying earlier, when somebody's a veteran and they've been in the sport a long time and they're able to, you know, he's had a lot of injuries, but he, he obviously he's he's healthy now. He's he has rebuilt his body. Uh, he, he knows how to train. I know why Dominic gets injured all the time is because he trains like a psychopath because he is a fucking psychopath. Dom's fucking nuts. Yeah, I spent three months around the guy. He's a lunatic. Um, we'll see. I mean, more than likely Henry's going to win, but Dominic has a way in the way that he moves, in the way that he fights, that he 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 can win rounds. You know what I mean? If there's a finish, it's 100% Henry. Um, if it if it goes to a decision, there is a, a good chance that Dominic can win that fight. I mean, when you look at the, I, I think Garbrandt was probably the toughest matchup for Dom because Garbrandt's a he made. If you want to beat Dominic Cruz, and I know I'm I'm dragging this exit out. I'm sorry. But my analyst brain is starting. No, to work. you're good. If I'm, you want, if, I'm if trying you to want send you back to your life. You could stay as long as you want. Yeah. Uh, if you want to beat Dominic Cruz, you have to make him lead the dance. 
100%. You got to make him lead. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys out there. There's a lot of guys out there that I study in my division that they're, they're, you got to lead. You're, you, you, you make them lead. You know what I mean? That's what Cody did best is he made Dominic lead that fight. And he actually countered. He's he's faster than Dominic. He's he's in my opinion, he's got better wrestling. Cody's the nightmare matchup for a guy like Dominic. And I know that Dominic, that was his third fight in a year. His plantar fasciitis was bad. I mean, his feet were bad. I, I there's things I learned about his injuries that he had that the public probably doesn't know. So it's not my place to say. That guy probably shouldn't even have been fighting. So I think his body's preserved. His injuries are healed. I think he's going to give Henry a hell of a fight. Yeah, Dom has actually, so I love Cejudo, big fan, he's been on the show, we're good friends with Eric Albaracin, but Dom was always like my favorite fighter, you know what I mean, I like the way he yeah. talks trash to people, I like his fighting style, I like getting hit, hitting somebody and not getting hit, not taking damage, you know what I mean, always been a big Dominic Cruz fan, so that's going to be a tough one for me to pick, but he hasn't fought in three years, Yeah. so, but now this, yep, this but quarantine opened it up the, for him. Yeah, but he doesn't believe in ring rust. And I, yeah, ring rust is a mental thing. And this goes back to what we were saying earlier about knowing how to fight. Dom knows how to fight. Dom knows what he's good at. Dom knows what, Dom's been in a lot of championship fights. Um, you know, so I don't think it'll be ring rust. I think it'll be ring rust. You know what I mean? I think he'll be rested. I think he'll be good to go. All right. Your video just got pretty choppy, so that might be the cue to get out of here. Oh. I was, <laughs> was going to say I wanted to get a picture of Stone Cold before you get out of here, but we'll do oh, that. Oh, I'll grab we'll, him. Hold on. Come here, buddy. Whoa, come here, Hammer. Show the world how cute you are. This is the killer himself, Stone Cold Kiesa. Say hi, buddy. Yeah, we're, li- we're we're a little choppy now, but I still got him. I still got you. But uh, definitely next time we'll get some Stone Cold. I remember last episode we had you on and we tried to do video. We had Stone Cold for a little bit. Yeah, we butchered. And yeah, that's one of the greatest names for a dog ever. So it's fitting for because he's one of the greatest dogs out there. All right. Well, thank you again for the time. Best of luck to you and the missus in the quarantine, staying safe and whatnot, and we'll talk to you soon. Awesome. Thank you, sir. All right. You're the man, Mike. See ya.